Hello, folks, and welcome to Got Your Back, NHL edition, LeBron and Rashad. Today on the program, gold for Canada. What a great gold medal final that was. We're going to check in with Kenzie Lalonde, who was covering the tournament for TSN, Pierre Lebrun, and I will have a conversation with her. Also, Ottawa Senators forward Claude Giroux will join us on the podcast today. Had a nice chance to catch up with him. What an offensive season that he is having so far this year. Reminder that Got Your Back NHL Edition is brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. And they provide equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. They have it proudly displayed on the walls at each of their branches. Every one of the staff members lives by that get-or-done formula to ensure they never let the customer down. They will bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need, when they need it, no excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude, and they believe that their customer's success is their success as well. Thrilled to have Cross Country Canada as our title sponsors here on Got Your Back. All right, as we head to Toronto and to Halifax to check in uh, with my co-host Pierre Lebrun and Kenzie Lalonde, you did such a great job covering the tournament for us at uh, at TSN. Kenzie, I have to say, you're getting first star from me because I have covered a World Junior before, and I know what it's like the morning after the gold medal game. You got up early to do this with us. First star from me. Well done. I appreciate that. And yes, I, I will say it wasn't as late as I expected because I ran out of drink tickets early on on the New Year's Eve gathering a cocktail situation. So I kind of sewered myself in that world. But uh, yeah, a quick turnaround for sure. I think the party never stopped in Halifax last night. Yeah, well, no and, and when Ryan used to cover the World Juniors for TSN, that was before HD existed. Okay. On television, so, so it kind of hid. Okay. It would hide whatever he was doing the night before the next day, you know. Goodness what? sakes. I covered it. It was just in Edmonton for like seven <laughs> years in a row. I just covered I'm kidding, it. Buddy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, they couldn't resist the opportunity to send you, Kenzie, because that that's like your stomping grounds to have the chance to cover a world junior there because you've got some history in that city. <clears throat> Yeah, I've had the joy of covering the Halifax Mooseheads for a few years before I joined the big old family of TSN. So yeah. to see my favorite ushers, Glenn and Pat and, and Kelly Saunders, the ice technician, the you know, the guys that I've logged some serious minutes there in that arena, it, it was a full circle moment. And stepping out onto the ice for that overtime celebration brought me back to when the Mooseheads punched their ticket to the President Cup final in 2019. And it was Xavier Parent who scored the goal. and. Yeah. Same, same motion, you walk out there with a shoulder cam. And so as I'm walking out there, it's just like, what has happened the last five years? How did we go from this President Cup moment, speaking with the athlete, to now here we are with these 23 young guys that did something incredible. Uh, no kidding. We're <laughs> well, going to dive okay. into it here with the breakdown. Sorry, Pierre, i got to get a quick sponsor yep. read in. The breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. And the drive towards the playoffs is officially on. So what better time to outfit yourself with gear from your favorite team? Pro Hockey Life is a place to go for your team sweater. Uh, to pick your favorite player. Wear it proudly. Pro Hockey Life has an awesome selection of team apparel, and it doesn't end at the sweaters and jerseys. Wide range of hats, T-shirts, souvenirs, everything you need for yourself or the huge hockey fan in your life. 16 locations across the country. Pro Hockey Life, like you, like me, like Kenzie, like Pierre, is obsessed with the game. Pierre, you go ahead. You are about to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to know, you know, since you were there, Kenzie, like, 
you know, I know James Duffy and Bob McKenzie mentioned this several times throughout the event, but, uh, and it certainly came through the television screen on TSN, but the vibe in the rinks, uh, certainly in Halifax, but I think even in Moncton as well, uh, it feels like this event needs to stay in junior towns. And that's not a shot at Edmonton, Ryan. And it's, it, if anything, quite frankly, I think it's a shot more than anything as when the event was in Toronto a couple of times. And, and I think this event just has a, a, an extra layer when it's in a junior town. I wonder if you could describe what the vibe was like. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think when you look at the Maritimes or Atlantic Canada in particular, they don't have an NHL team. So their junior guys is everything to them. So this is the best of under 20 hockey. So it, you know, that is a perfect little storm for, for an environment for what we just saw. And it, there's something again about that Atlantic Canadian charm where it's Austria, Latvia, the relegation game and the crowds cheering for Austria and mm. all they ever wanted was for them to get their first goal and, and they love an underdog story and that what I think, regardless of who was playing, they always wanted, you know, for, for Germany to, to try and get that power play goal. They were always behind the underdog in every game and so that's the kind of environment I think these athletes will remember forever is, is even the international players talking um Victor Steinborg, the captain of Team Sweden after, he just couldn't believe what that environment was like just because, you know, they're not from here. And so to have support from from these international fans really resonated, I think, with, with a lot of these European players and that maritime charm. And I think the fact that they selected Heave Away for, for the Canadian goal yeah. song will forever be one of the greatest pairings of, of a goal song, like forever, awesome. forever and yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that really was awesome. Listen, Kenzie, one of the cool things about doing the gig that you were doing there is you're right in the moment, including on the ice after the game is over and you're doing interviews in the moment. Um, I've been there. It's, it's intense. It's, it's, it's awesome, quite frankly. So you had a great moment last night with Connor Bedard, and I'm going to play it here. Uh, you hop on the ice after he wins a gold medal. Listen, he just finished the most dominant tournament that we have seen in a long, long time. He was the story in so many ways start to finish. Not asking him about his own tournament would have been silly of you. So, of course, you did that. And then it created this moment between the two of you where this young guy wanted nothing to do with talking about himself. You had to ask the question, and here was his answer that caught fire on Twitter. I'm not talking about myself right now. We're not talking about me. We just won the biggest tournament in the world. And, man, I love this group. I love this country. And this, this team, or this city right here is unbelievable. What will you remember most about this team? Yeah, uh, right now, I mean, it's an experience of a lifetime for myself and for all, you know, my teammates, my brothers. So funny to hear Shane Wright like, yeah, buddy, come in in the background too. Listen, Kenzie, you had to ask that question. And I loved your response on Twitter about Connor Bedard kind of reminding everybody that, you know, this is about the team. I thought you handled that fantastic. Well, yeah, I think all tournament long as him and I have started to, to build a rapport, he, he doesn't want anything, you know, he doesn't want to talk about himself. He doesn't know how to answer that question, you know, but you're, you broke four Canadian records. I mean, it, it was truly remarkable what he did. And again, he reminded us that his goal since day one was to not break these records, was to not be the guy. It just so happened. He's so talented. He was the guy. And so he just reminded us and 
honestly a, a respectful way that could have gone like maybe one of two ways when when um you know you want to you want to make sure that this is a team focused uh, response and he handled it like a pro it just you see, saw it on his face all he wanted to do was hug Shane Wright be in the moment with the guys um and and remember that moment forever he accomplished his goal and he reminded us again he was there to do what he did so that he could bring this team a gold medal and I think that maturity in that moment from him is is remarkable. Memory, seventeen years old, and so much spotlight on him already, and and he's got to be cognizant on some level of what he's achieved in this World Junior Tournament. And you know, I know these comparisons are are in many ways unfair, but I'm just talking about the maturity here, not not the on ice when I'm making this comment. But the last time I remember a seventeen year old understanding what's going on around him and every word that comes out of his mouth was Sidney Crosby in terms of his mm -hmm. maturity already and understanding, you know what, I, I, I got to watch what I say, but still, you know, be interesting. And I think Bedard has some Crosby in him that way. And that's not a criticism of Connor McDavid that age or Austin Matthews, but I don't think they were as ready at that age compared to Crosby and what I'm seeing from Bedard right now in terms of how he's handling himself with that. Yeah, and he's so polite, like, on and off camera. I mean, who, like, you know, when that camera's rolling, everyone knows that is not a, that's not reality. You're you're in an environment where the pressure's on and whether you're the person interviewing or you're the person answering the question, it is a, it's a high tense moment. And so um, you got to give it to him for, for handling every single conversation like a pro when the attention is really uh, built up and around him. Uh, it, it was truly remarkable. I think he's a, he's a product of his environment. His, I mean, you look at his dad was probably also one of the most famous people that uh, the amount of selfies yeah. people wanted with his dad. And <laughs> I, like, oh my goodness, there were so many photos. Every time we looked, the people wanted photos with his dad, and he's just like, okay, yeah, hello. You know, I'm trying to watch the game, and um, it was truly remarkable. And you think of the historic significance of it because 20 years to the day, 17 year old Alexander Ovechkin was on that ice. Right. being an incredible player. So when you think of what that arena has seen just in terms of world juniors in that 20 year span, we're on to like a new generation of, of superstars. Yeah. It was pretty awesome to watch Dylan Gunther too. You know, you know what I really liked about Dylan Gunther's tournament is I remember after that first game, after that loss, and there was some criticism for them being a little too fancy, right? They attempted multiple Michigans in one period. And I remember after the game, you know, O-Dog kind of said, ah, you know, like, you just need to kind of focus on on keeping it simple. It, I think I think it was Gunther after the game who said, "Listen, we're not going to Michigan our way to a gold medal, right?" And here he is in a big moment, scoring you know the goal and and a huge performance. But Dard was a huge part of this team. But when it really really mattered, it was this team effort. And Dylan Gunther led the charge from a leadership standpoint, and then with the big goal, Kenzie. Yeah, and and it, I think that had to be the most emotionless response to any player scoring a golden goal like that it's he has just been calm cool and collected since day one and i think that's his natural demeanor and you want your big guys to rise up when you're in a situation like that and he does it you know it's like he could have been like walking his dog the next day just the way his he he carried himself after such a big moment like that and you think of his nhl experience whether that relates to you know, the ability to, to carry yourself in a high sense moments, you think that maybe that helped him through this tournament experience, but he was certainly a leader uh, both on and off the ice. And again, just such a, such a nice guy and wanted to enjoy the moment, help his team win. Um, 
it was remarkable. And and again, it's I think the beauty of, of junior hockey is that a lot of these guys have played together since they've been younger. You think of Brennan Offman, Shane Wright, Brant Clark, they, you know, Don Mills together, then to U18 right. gold, and here they are winning World Junior gold. So you think of the journey a lot of these players had that helped them prepare for such a golden moment like that. It's, they did it, they, they packaged it all together, and it came down to the wire, but pressure is a funny thing, and, and they rise to the occasion. Yeah, and tip of the hat to Czechia, uh, such a sensational story yeah. in that tournament. And, you know, I'm showing my age here. I'm 50 years old. But when I was in my 20s, I covered a lot of men's world championships in Europe. And Czech Republic, as they were called then, won almost every one I went to. I mean, they were a powerhouse. <laughs> Robert Reichel, obviously, Jagger. I mean, they, they, they would win all the time. And, you know, it wasn't just about USA and Russia, Sweden, Finland. You had to get through the Czechs in those days. And... um you know, it's been a long sort of 20 years of, of the Czechs trying to turn around that program after having some difficult times, but getting to the bronze medal game in the juniors last summer and now a silver medal, you don't want to overreact, but I wonder what it means for their program too. What a wonderful story I thought they were. I think it's great for the sport and for international hockey to have Czechia there to see Sweden push a little more in, in relegation pl- or in uh, elimination play and, Jackie, if you look at the, the Hockey Federation on a bigger, larger scale, their women's team just broke records at, at the World Championship. They won their first ever medal. They won bronze in Denmark for um, for their federation. So there's good things happening there. And, right. I mean, you got to think of, of Svova and uh, the, the Regina Pats connection there with Connor Bedard. You got to think the bragging rights between those two guys for, for <laughs> years to come will always be there. But they had depth. They had a lot of guys playing in the CHL, so familiarity with ice ice surface and and what it takes to play junior hockey that experience i think helped the checks um and, and don't count them out again right a final push you never know what can happen they uh they wanted it it was it was down to a wire yeah so uh what was your experience like I, i've covered that tournament in the same way you did interviewing the players and filing reports and all that kind of stuff uh, how was the experience for you <laughs> Well, when you got Mark Masters to the right of you, oh, life's yeah. amazing. Beauty, beauty, <laughs> it, one of a kind. It was awesome. That was my first time really working with with Gord Miller, Mike Johnson, O Dog. You know the, the 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 Bob McKenzies of the world. It was just uh, yeah, and in, in a rank in an environment where my career kind of started personally was just like a full circle. What's happening? How did this? Um, how did this come to be? Uh, it, it was something I'll, I'll always remember. The weirdest part, though, I have to say, is just being in a hotel in Halifax and yeah. not just wanting to, like, drive to my apartment. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of, like, the weird part. But I've certainly been the, the restaurant connoisseur and making sure everyone has their garlic fingers and their Willie's Putin and their Donair. So I'm making sure everybody checks that before they leave here. So I think I've accomplished that goal. <laughs> There's a 0% chance that you got James Duffy to eat any of that, by the way. I'm just no. going to put that out there right now. Yes, I know. And and MJ's gluten-free. So I tried my hardest to try and find um, garlic fingers that are gluten-free, but I, I never, I don't know. If anyone knows where to find them, let me know or, or let him know maybe. Kenzie, listen, we're, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you did a fantastic job covering the tournament. Uh, you're doing a great job in Montreal. We're glad to have you on the team. Uh, here at TSN. What's next for you? Yeah, we got, uh, well, a nice cold teeth tonight, but right after that, <laughs> it will be uh, Women's U18 World Hockey Championship. So the girls are in Sweden. Carol Pounder and I will be covering that 
um, on TSN. So Canada's first game is Sunday, and they'll take on Finland. So that'll be a good one because they fell short to Finland last year at Madison, Wisconsin. So they're defending gold. We'll see if they can get back there and, and do it. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen the Canadian U18 women win back-to-back. So um, Sunday, back at it, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Some wow, no rest for you. <laughs> yeah, no rest at all. Hey, they're just piling it on. I love it. Well, you're doing a great job, Kenzie. Uh, fantastic job of the World Juniors, and we look forward to touching base with you again soon down the road. Thanks so much, guys. All right, take care. That is Kenzie Lalonde from the World Junior Hockey Championship in Halifax. Uh, Lots more to come here on the podcast. Pierre and I had a chance to catch up with Ottawa Senators forward Claude Giroux. Uh, That interview coming up in our Who's Got Your Back segment. You're listening to Got Your Back NHL, brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. Plenty more to come. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude, and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, time now for Who's Got Your Back, brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. Liberty Smart Security is a company that specializes in having your back. High-quality, advanced, smart security systems for your home or your business. Liberty Smart Security uses leading-edge technology to protect the things that you value most in life. Your home is your castle. Protect it with Liberty Smart Security. Visit libertysecurity.ca. Really thrilled to have Claude Giroux on the podcast this week. Uh... Signed a deal and went home. Member of the Ottawa Senators now at three times six point five million. Uh, did Claude Giroux and he's having himself a heck of a good season. Played thirty eight games, got thirty six points. He's played over a thousand games in the National Hockey League, and it was a big change for him uh, over the last calendar year. Of course, career member of the Philadelphia Flyers, then off to Florida, and now a member of the Ottawa Senators. Courtesy Liberty Smart Security, here's our conversation with Senators veteran forward Claude Giroux. In 2006, he was the 22nd overall selection by the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, put a a lot of miles on since then. (laughs) Claude Giroux joining us. Does it it feel like that was as long ago as it was? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think the draft is uh, (laughs) a long time ago and that was a good good memory. Uh, I mean, I was very young and uh, that whole experience was kind of crazy now that I think about it. Yeah, no kidding. I'm always interested, Claude, in how much guys remember about their draft class. So if I were to ask you, who do you think had the most penalty minutes from your draft class? Mm. Any names that would pop into your head? Well, I think I, I think Milan Lucha could be up there, no? Number two, uh, number two. on the list. Number one? Number could two. Be, uh, is Stewie there? No, well, he he might be on the list, he's on but the he's list, not but not near the top. Most penalty minutes, uh, smaller guy, Brad Marchand. 
Uh, no, he's. I think he was. Where's he? He's three on the. Wow, those are good guesses. Three on the list. Holy jumping. Uh, yeah, you're you're nailing uh, one, the top of the list. One thing you gotta know about Claude Giroux, he he knows he studies the game, man. So watch out yes. there, Rashad. Don't don't get into a bar game with Claude Giroux on hockey trivia because yeah. he might take you down. You know, watch uh, out. So you don't want me to tell you. You're just gonna keep guessing. That's okay. Well, this is good. Not Nicholas Backstrom, that's for sure. But no, uh, <laughs> no, it is. It can confirm it is not Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, I think I'm out of uh, gas here. Derek Dorsett. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a- Smaller, but scrappy as heck would go with anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how about goals? Goals from the draft class? Uh, Phil Kessel. Yeah, you got her, man. Yeah. That's impressive. That's pretty good. You remember <laughs> yeah, that he, stuff. You know, he, d- yeah. he does his homework. So, yeah. Are you a, uh, are you a numbers guy, Claude? Like, if you are you a guy that pays attention to numbers and and takes an interest in that kind of stuff, or is it? Uh, do you have a memory for that kind of stuff? Uh I I, I don't think so. I think uh, I just know my draft year, and I know guys that have been successful. So, um, no, I don't think I'm a numbers guy, to be honest. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time to join us. Uh, just maybe a thought. Listen, you make the decision. You you sign with the Ottawa Senators. You head back. You had a vision of what it would be like by doing that. Here you are about a half season in or so. How close is what the vision was to what reality is for you off the ice, uh, but maybe on the ice as well? Yeah, well, you know, coming back home, you don't really know what to expect or how it's going to go. Um, heard a lot of good things about the dressing room. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast right now. These guys are, uh, these guys are clowns, and uh, every day we come to the <laughs> rink, and it's just – uh, we just get after one another and uh, we have so much fun. So on the hockey wise, it's been, uh, it's been great. And we're going, we're going towards the, the right direction here. And, um, you know, being around the family and friends and, you know, I thought I'd have more time to spend time with the family and friends, but it's, uh, it's been pretty busy. Obviously we play every second day and go on the road. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to have some downtime at home with the kids and, so I haven't seen uh, a lot of my friends and families as much as I would I would love to, but um, you know, other than that, it's been uh, it's been great. Yeah, for those uh, listening and watching, uh, Claude uh, grew up in Hearst, Ontario. Um, so did I. I have to put that out there. And uh, <laughs> but moved to the Ottawa oh area uh, when you were still young. Uh, Continue to pursue. You know, it, it helped your hockey career doing that, Claude. And, and you've gone back to Ottawa uh, really every offseason almost uh, for most of your career as well. Uh, obviously, uh, your wife's from Ottawa. Um, so so Hearst and Ottawa, kind of the two places uh, that, that matter a lot in your heart. No, for sure. I mean, uh, sadly, I haven't been back to Hearst in, in a while with COVID and then having young young boys and uh, – I mean, it's not it's not close either. A ten hour drive is not easy with mm-hmm. uh, with a, a newborn. So, haven't been there in a while, but uh, pl- planning on going maybe this summer. And uh, you know, have a lot of friends down there still, and people that I still uh, talk to, and uh, my grandparents. And uh, so, anytime you, uh, if I'm having had a chance to go back, I'm gonna go back for sure. And um, you know, a lot of great memories in Hearst and. And now being in Ottawa for a very long time, you know, I have a lot of friends here and uh, it's, it's great to, uh, to play in front of them. Well, but a lot what of people from Hearst they... end up moving to Ottawa anyway. Uh, true, uh, true. A, a, a great bilingual, our nation's capital, great bilingual town. Um, now, I asked you this years ago uh, when you were in Philadelphia and I said, if you ever won the cup, 
You know, you only have one day with the cup and you said you would bring it to Hearst. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If the Senators arc continues and at the end of all this, the Senators win a cup in a couple of years, where's your one day with the cup? Uh, oh. I think I'd have to try to get two days with the cup. But, uh, that could be a little hard. But uh, I feel like bringing it to Hearst is uh, something I, w- I always wanted to do. And uh, obviously being in Ottawa for a long time now, uh, a lot of friends and, um, you know, I would I would try really hard to get two days with it. <laughs> uh, you've been around long enough. You, you could probably swing it. I look at the season that you're having here, Claude, 15 goals, uh, 36 points in 38 games at the time that we're taping this interview. I've covered you in the playoffs. I know how competitive you are. I know how much you want to have success as a team uh, beyond personal success. I, I just wonder this renewed sort of offense that you found this year and the competitiveness and the fire you have to win those two things kind of coming together with the senators. And I know results haven't been what you want. So how does all of that kind of reconcile itself, your production, your desire and the results so far? Well, I think since the start of the year, I think we, we've been up and down obviously a little bit, but most of the games that we play, we, we, we play the way we want to. We just haven't had the results early in the season. And, uh, you know, we, we lost a lot of game, a one-goal game that we're going to third period, we're tied or we're down one goal, we can't get that extra goal. So a lot of those games, I feel like we were the better team on the ice, but we weren't getting the results. And uh, and just we, we we stuck with it, you know, our coaching staff here. We feel like um, we're all on the same page and we didn't – nobody turned on anybody. Everybody didn't start playing the way they wanted to. We just kept playing our game and now we were getting the results. So, I mean, it's, uh, it was frustrating at the time not getting the win when you know you're playing the right way and you're doing the right things, but you're just, it's just not going your way. And, you know, you got to give credit to the guys to, that, we, that, we, that we stuck the way we want to play. We um, try to get better every day, uh, try to be more consistent, and now we're getting the results. So it's a lot easier to, uh, to follow the game plan when you're, you're getting the results. You know, Claude, there's few players that I've gotten to know over the years covering the NHL that I know hate losing more than you. Yeah, I mean, you're to say you're competitive, as Ryan said earlier, is is an understatement. You uh, losing is not part of your vocabulary. And um, but I wonder, as you've gotten older, if you've been able to, you know, try to channel that because you got a lot of young teammates. Uh, the team is playing a lot better over the last month, as you said. You're arcing in the right direction. When, when you're having those low points, how do you balance? being you know a key veteran voice in that room with how much you hate losing and, and making sure that you find that balance in terms of what you communicate yeah i mean when i was a young player uh yeah i i, I still hate losing but we would lose a game and then i'd be thinking about it and being pissed off about it for two days and then the next <laughs> game comes in and i have no more energy so i think yeah. uh chris pronger is one guy that kind of taught me how to be like, hey, like we, we lost in the Stanley Cup finals. We lost the two games in Chicago and we're coming back to Philly and I'm rattled and I'm not in a good headspace. No. And I, I just look at prongs and he's just going, I, we just lost game two and he's just smiling and kind of going through his day. Not, not you guys relax, boys. We're going back home. We're just don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, for him to be able to do that, and I know he wants to win as bad as I do. It's, it's it was kind of a shock to me. And uh, hmm. I think with years, I kind of realized there's 82 games of them. You're not going to win all of them, and you got to be able to kind of put it behind you. It, 
I still have a trouble doing it, but I, <laughs> I try to at least uh, show that like uh, we're gonna be okay here. It's not time to panic. You might not be able to do it, but you know you should be at least, which Chris Pronger taught you. This is the way you should feel. That uh, that's a great lesson from a veteran guy. So here you are now, the veteran in the position. You know, you got a young guy like Tim Stutzla who's learning on the fly here at the National Hockey League level. I see the personality. I see the smile. I see the love for the game out there. He's so fresh into this. What do you think about this young guy? What can you tell us about him that you've observed being a teammate? Yeah, well, Timmy is a very competitive guy. I mean, me and him go at it every day. Uh, it could be pickleball, ping pong, uh, <laughs> soccer, whatever it is. I beat him all the time anyways. But uh, just, Do you really <laughs> or are you just being chirpy right now? Do you <laughs> actually beat him at most of it? I'm not going to lie. We're pretty tight on everything we do. So it's okay. uh, that's why it's fun. But uh, And then you play the game and you see how competitive he is too. He he knows that he needs to play well for us to win. And uh, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. But uh, you know, he's an amazing player. He's going to be a great talent for a long time here in the NHL. So, uh, for me to be playing on his line, it's, uh, uh, it's been, it's been a treat. Yeah. You know, one thing I was thinking about, uh, recently, Claude, given, um, you know, what you went through last year with the trade from Philadelphia to Florida, which really was quite dramatic. You know, you play your 1000 game in a Flyers uniform, the only NHL team you ever played for. And then you get dealt within days to, to the Panthers. And you share the same agent in Pat Brisson as Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. And, and I'm thinking in particular of Kane that Pat's going to go through all this again and we'll see where it leads. You know, what do you think is going through Patrick's head, at least from the perspective of what you went through? Because same situation, full no move clause, you're in control to some degree. How hard is it? as you're playing and giving your heart out still to the flyers to in the middle of a year to say, yeah, but I got to make this decision. And I'm sure you got Pat saying to you at some point, Claude, we have to have this conversation <laughs> and, and maybe you're trying not to have it, but eventually you have to have it. How hard do you think that'll be for, for Patrick? Uh, it's, it's tough, especially when you play on uh, one team your whole career. And uh, you know, I always thought I was going to play on one team my whole career. And it was at a point where, the organization was and where I was and it just, it was just time. And, um, you know, it was, it, it, it was tough that, that, that one night when I knew it was going to be my last game and it was my thousand game, uh, a lot of mixed emotion and I was terrible that game. I couldn't focus at all. And, uh, mm. you know, just with my teammates and guys that I've been playing there for a long time with, I was, uh, I wish it would have been a more fun night. Uh, it wasn't that fun. It was very emotional. Um, mentally, it was tough. And, you know, I had a couple of days to to relax before the actual trade happened. So that was good. But, um, you know, it was, you, know, you play 14 years for one organization and that's all you know. It's uh, It was tough. So I'm, a- I'm not sure what their situation is, but uh, whether you like it or not, it's in the back of your head and you're thinking about it every day. Right. Your situation changed too in that I'm always interested in how players fare when they move to Florida suddenly. And <laughs> you're, you're like, how did you do it being a hockey player in a fair weather state where it's just beautiful sunshine outside? Some guys have success with that. Some guys aren't built to process it. How did you do with balancing the beauty of being there and trying to stay in the moment and in the hockey headspace? Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> come back from practice and it's beautiful outside and you go sit by the by the pool and um you know i've been in philly so it's not 
Uh, it's not sunshine during, during winter. So, yeah. uh, and I grew up in Hearst and there's a lot of snow. There, I was just so. gonna I'm say. in Edmonton right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it was a good change. It was fun. Uh, my kids loved it. Um, I mean, the organization itself, you know, you go to a new team, don't know what to expect. Uh, the organization was great. They treat the players the right way. And uh, the fan base was great too. Um, and I wasn't there for a long time, but my experience with them and uh, the my teammates there and um, the whole experience was uh, was just great. It's too bad that we couldn't uh, we couldn't go further, but uh, at the end of the day, it was uh, it was a great experience. And then you end up with the Senators, Claude, and, and I gotta admit that. I mean, listen. On the one hand, I always thought there was a chance you might end up in Ottawa at some point near the end of your career, but I thought for some reason it might be after this next one. If if you follow me, like I thought maybe, you know, join a team that's right on the cusp of winning a cup. And then and then go to Ottawa in my own brain, you know, not that you and I had ever discussed it, but you you decide to go to Ottawa now, um, you know, maybe walk us through the idea that clearly you see a team on the rise here that maybe can hit two birds with one stone by the end of your deal or maybe by the end of the deal after that. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well, for me, it's last year when we played Ottawa. And I was like, these guys are a pain to play against. They, these guys work, they hit, they, they, they play a style that I feel like wins in the playoffs. So, and I didn't want to go to a team and kind of just jump in with a team. And, and then obviously I would love to win the cup, but like with the Ottawa Sanders, I, I get to come here and I'm part of something and mm. uh, I'm in the middle of it and I can build with this. So uh, I know I'm, I'm 30. I'm 34 right now, but I feel I can play for a for a lot long uh, long time. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be a part of something. I wanna I wanted to build something with some guys, and um, I'll, I just heard a lot of good things about the locker room. That when you hear that, you want to be a part of it, and uh, you know, it's it's about building something. Last one for me, and then we'll get a got your backstory from you. I look at your stats this year. Your goals to assists ratio. Like, you're normally a, a bigger assist guy. You're the setup man. Like, your ratio in your career, I think, is kind of closer to almost two to one. Well, this year, you're 15 goals and 21 assists. So is this a conscious effort to bring forward the 30-goal pace that we've seen a couple times from you in your career? Is it Claude Giroux, the goal scorer that needs to emerge this year? I'm a little confused, too, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just being at the right spot at the right time. And, um, I mean, with age two, you kind of realize where you got to go to score goals, and uh, that's around the net. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for you, but I'll <laughs> definitely enough. take them. Right on. Listen, uh, the name of our podcast is Got Your Back. Uh, when I ask you that question, time in your life where somebody had your back, what story pops into Claude Giroux's mind? Uh, for me, my career, um, I have a few, but I think the one that really, uh, really helped me for from my whole career is uh, I just signed my new deal with Philly eight years. And, you know, you put a little pressure on yourself. And I started the season with, with no goals the first 18 games of the season. And, you know, I was my worst enemy at that time. I uh, put a lot of pressure on myself and kind of blaming myself. And, and then obviously, you know, Philly fans, they, they add that pressure a little bit more. <laughs> And then um, I got a text from uh, Mr. Schneider, who was the owner of the Flyers for mm. uh, so many years. And he uh, he asked me to go for lunch. And so I go to lunch with him. I'm very nervous about it. I'm like, this guy's going to give it to me. Like, So I sit down and he literally tells me, Claude, you need to relax. 
you're working too hard. I need you to work less. Just have fun. You're not having fun out there. Just relax and have fun. And I'm like, I can't have fun. Like, I got I to gotta produce and I got this new deal. He's like, we don't care about it. Just go have fun. And that's when you're going to play your best. And he's like, if I see you being upset next game, I, I don't want to see it. I want you to have fun. So that kind of calmed me down and obviously scored the next game. And, um, and then he, he came to the locker room after the game, he shook, shook my hand. And, uh, you know, it's just the type of owner he was. And, um, you know, just uh, huh. I, was, I, was, I was lucky enough to, to have him kind of calm me down and uh, to, just tell me to have fun. Lunch with the owner. Like, that can never feel like a good thing when you get that call. Like, uh, and he's a passionate guy. guy, too. So for him yeah. to kind of see him calm, it's, uh, it was weird. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Love that story. Thanks, Claude. Okay, can I do a two-minute rapid fire with you before we let you go real quick? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Rapid fire. Getting to know Ottawa Senators star forward Claude Giroux. Favorite TV show right now? Uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, pretty solid. Playing, playing cards with the fellas or relaxing, watching a show on an iPad. Oh, play, play some cards. You and Stutzla taking win, his money off of the poor kid. Hey, <laughs> taking money off of the poor kid. Yeah. Uh, do you iron your dress shirts? I do not. After a game, you get home. Suit goes back in the closet, hanging up or on the floor or on a piece of furniture. Oh come on! Uh, I, 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 what? I, I hang it up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> What, you didn't like that question, Pierre? What's the problem That's here? That's a bit much. Why? <laughs> These are things people want to know. Vacation, laying on a beach, or go do something? Both. A little bit of Gotta each. Gotta get some golf in there. Yeah. yeah. Beach, beach and golf. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, one thing you're terrible at off the ice. Hmm. <clears throat> um, don't let Stutzla hear whatever this is. Maybe cooking. cooking. I mean, I'm not bad, but I'm not good. So a cook-off with you and Tim Stutzler is coming. A chance for him <laughs> no, to actually I win I would something. probably beat him at that, actually. <laughs> Funniest teammate ever. Ever? A lot of clowns. Um, <laughs> I would have to say Michael Raffle, probably. Really? Huh. Yeah. I didn't expected that. Uh, you're supposed to be somewhere at 2 o'clock. Are you showing up at 5, 2, 10 after? Or write it to. One thirty. Really, you're half hour early, early guy. Early bird. I like respect that. I respect that. Hey Pierre. I knew that you're gonna say that. Whatever. Long story. Oh, yeah, you, nobody you were a little late to this interview. Actually, you were. You were. I think you were a couple, two minutes late to this okay. interview, Claude. If I, if I was counting. I know, but that's not my fault. I didn't know I was supposed to get a nap. That was. That's oh, on Pierre, nice. not being prepared. I, I that is on Pierre that. LeBron. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right well listen we kept you a little too long our apologies thank you so much for okay. joining us and uh, best of luck the rest of this year all right thanks for having me Merci, guys Claude. all right cheers all right that's going to wrap up the podcast folks uh, our thanks to claude Giroux for taking some time and joining us kenzie lalonde as well after a great job done at the world junior hockey championships big thanks to our sponsors as always cross country canada supplies and rentals pro hockey life and Liberty Smart Security as well. Look forward to dropping more podcasts next week. Thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions, folks. We'll talk to you real soon. Cheers.